Right, well, hello, everybody. Welcome to our latest Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. And I strongly suspect this won't be the last podcast that we do this week. Uh, Tuesday tea time, it's uh, myself, Dave Prentice, with Tony Scott and Gavin Buckland. And uh, we're looking back on uh, the final match of the season and the state of play at this precise moment in time with Everton Football Club, which is that it's being widely reported that Sam Allardyce is expected to be relieved of his duties as Everton manager. And uh, the favourite in most people's eyes is Marco Silva. But at present, there is absolutely no confirmation of either of those uh, things actually happening. And uh, if truth be known, we're not really expecting any confirmation in the near future. Um, that's, you know, in the next like six or seven hours. Yeah. Beyond that, who knows? Um, I suppose it's frustrating, really, isn't it? I think we just want something decisive to happen now, don't we? You know, some kind of uh, clarification from somebody at boardroom level. But we, we've been asking for this clarity, haven't we, for since obviously the fans have turned on some other way, since results started turning sour performances obviously likewise all fans are asking for is some kind of communication yeah. from from everton whether it be from a chief executive the owner the chairman the major shareholder i don't know but evertonians are left in the wilderness so to speak they need to know what's happening with their football club there's so many questions i text you didn't i do the same yeah. And there was about 12, 14 questions you could actually throw at this board, which which need answering. Meaningful questions that fans want answers for. What the chief executive situation, the manager situation, the shareholder, the, the player situation. What is going on at Everton Football Club? There's so many questions and not enough answers coming uh, from them. I think the reason that there hasn't been a statement is because there are so many uh, things that need clarifying. I mean, the chief executive, we can safely say, is leaving the football club. Yeah. Although, you know, a positive statement to that effect would be quite useful, wouldn't it? Um, obviously, his position then needs to be filled, needs to be replaced. Um, we do understand that um, John Woods is selling his shareholding to Farhad Mashiri and stepping down from the board. Mm -hmm. That therefore leaves a vacancy for a deputy chairman, which also needs, you know, sort of filling yeah. pretty soon. We suspect from somebody that's currently already on the board. So, you know, Farhad Mashiri very rarely makes public statements. So that doesn't leave anybody, you know, to you know, actually making those yeah, statements. Yeah, there's a lot. Business-wise, there's a lot of like rules you've got to adhere to before yeah. you make statements. Mm -hmm. So you can't just go off on one, can you? And then, uh, with regards to the manager and his position, it's always been my belief that actually there's no point actually making an announcement about Allardyce until you've got a replacement actually signed up. Right. Because we didn't want to, we didn't want the position we had in November where we were queuing. So I was always comfortable that the manager's position should not be really um, made public with regards to, to his future until we've got you know somebody in the room who's got to sign as his replacement. Um, didn't want to like sort of end a position where you had like Mick McCarthy for twelve months or yeah. something like that. Thought he was expecting to make. So that was the, the manager position. I'm quite comfortable with that. And the, the other questions then fall out of like some of the stuff that they've fallen saying there is they need to get that who's selling what and who's buying what sorted first. Not just that, there's a yeah. World Cup coming soon. They, they, this needs sorting well, straight the, away. The, man, the manager's position does. So the wider shareholding questions, and I'm not not saying about, but. But that leads up to everything that's going to happen in the summer in regards to transfers. Like yeah. Wayne Rooney, need that, that needs sorting straight away. You, the new manager needs sorting for what the players he's going to bring in before they're actually World Cups even kicked. Well, I could quite, it could well be telling that we're told that Wayne Rooney's representatives are meeting Farhad Mashiri tomorrow, um, you know, to discuss his situation. Yeah. Now you'd imagine that the managerial situation will have to be sorted 
one way or the other before then. As we just said, you know, so how can you talk about his future if we don't know who the manager is? <laughs> yeah, but the other one we've not mentioned there is the two key ones for me are the manager and the director of football. Yeah, we've not discussed the director yeah. of football, but if there is to be a change or whatever, so and then the manager's going to bring his coaching staff in as so, well. So they're, they're the two key ones for me. Um, ideally, what I'd like is the director of football before the manager but I think at the moment because of the stuff you're talking mm. about there so I think they maybe wanted to there's also an, an, an issue of common decency you know you've got yeah. a man here who's okay he's very very well paid and uh, he's not exactly endeared himself to Everton supporters but he's done the job to the best of his ability and he's got the club into a fairly you know solid position in the uh, in the table and he's being hung out there he's being like left to walk on death row and I remember this happened to Howard Kendall way back in 1998 yeah. and Evertonians going ballistic at Peter Johnson for treating you know a genuine club legend in such yeah. a fashion everybody suspected and knew he was going to lose his job uh, but he wasn't told for some considerable time and it wasn't a very good way to treat you know, an individual who's like done a good job for Everton Football Club. You could argue the same with Sam Allardyce. You know, how can you treat the man like that? Just leave him there. You know, s- suspecting he's going to get the sack without actually saying I, anything to I'm him. I'm convinced he knows. I, it's, I've seen the interviews he, he, he yesterday guesses. on Sky, and he, he's more or less certain. And from what reading between the lines, there was a few stories coming up between the, the backroom staff as well, and they knew on leading up to the West Ham game as well there was rumours that they were saying listen we know it's our last game so I'm convinced when you looked yeah. at that Sky Sports News interview as well he knew quite well he didn't. He couldn't answer anything he was very very spiky I was at West Ham on Sunday and he was very very spiky in the post-match press conference and to be honest it was interesting how he and how David Moyes conducted themselves now yeah. our eyes you know I'm a David Moyes fan hold me hand up with that one Yes. but he spoke very dignified fashion he was very calm he was very Precise. Uh, he spoke very, very well. He was given a bit of a, a loaded question about uh, was he surprised that you know the Everton fans hadn't taken to Sam Allardyce, and he turned that on his head into a positive about how wonderful the Everton supporters were to him uh, at the time that he was there. Um, then finished it by saying, "Well, yeah, I'm a little bit surprised, but you know he, he handled the question very, very well." And then Sam Allardyce came in and was just like snapping and biting and everybody. Yeah. Clearly, a man who's uh, under a little bit of pressure yeah. and feeling it. Did, did, how much do you think? And we don't want to talk about like maybe the past day. How much do you think any decision to replace Allardyce is due to his unpopularity with supporters rather than results and playing style on the pitch? I know the two things are interlinked. Yeah. How, how much do it's you both, think it's, isn't it? it's Yeah, okay, but... Significantly. Uh, I would go 80% uh, is down to supporter unrest. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned it before on these pods, Gav, that, you know, supporter power is a huge thing nowadays. And it is, and it's growing. Um, and that is why... Uh, he's losing his job or we think he's going to lose his job because you know the fans just haven't can he get away with actually the fans not liking you and getting away with managing the football club I don't know Rafa did at uh, Chelsea didn't he he actually won them a Europa League but he was only there a season uh, and you know they they, they couldn't bear him Um, it it doesn't happen very often nowadays yeah Um, you know it was a different era I suppose you know, yeah. back in the days when you know, Billy Bingham was... Uh... Yeah, when he like, yeah, well, Howard was an 83 yeah. it's a bit hackneyed, but I mean, I suppose the one, the one who's probably closest to that in the Premier League, thinking about it, it's probably Mourinho, isn't yeah. it? But yeah. he's winning trophies, isn't he? Well, yeah, but in terms of that, but I know, uh, comparing Mourinho and Sam Good luck with that one, Yeah, yeah, but in some respects, they are similar, like, aren't they? In what um, ways, that? Arch pragmatists. Arch, arch, yeah. Yeah, be yeah. one with significantly better players than the other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but you know what I mean? It is right, and I, I think I get uncomfortable with that. 
with what with, with the fact that supporters have, well like so the, the mob mentality yeah, yeah they, they're paying they, the way though they're entitled to like the manager yeah, or they're not. entitled it's to voice their opinion club. but whether they're entitled to to get a manager you know it's their club if they don't if they don't if they don't go the, the club goes doesn't it is it democracy or is it anarchy yeah, you know, that's it's, it's, it's just it's just yeah. that, um, it's just something I'm, you know I, I, listen I, I fully support anybody entitled to you know where they've used contractually obliged to say that but I, I, I get it's slightly it, it's like I said to Prano before we came in and I'm not defending Sam here is over the last two years at Evan the one person in the club who's done the job that they were supposed to do when they were appointed is Sam and he's the first person somebody want people want out the door yeah. and I, I get like I, I, I don't, don't appreciate their views and what I'm saying is that it makes me feel slightly uncomfortable that but it also goes to show when I'm talking about successes there's a hell of a lot of people who've not done their job properly oh, yeah, I get and that. The, su- yeah. the successor has to it's what a manager's job description is I think yeah. is he there purely and simply to get results you know to you know grind out wins and keep you know Everson safe or is it to entertain people? And I think it's got to be both. And Allardyce himself said that at the time. You know, so my success will be gauged by results and being you know, how we play football. Mm-hmm. And he's achieved one, but he hasn't achieved the other. Like you can guarantee if Marco Silva comes in, on his job description, it'll be, we want to advance some football and break the top six. We yeah. want that next season. We want it. That'll be in his job description. And the year after, we want top four playing decent football. Yeah. And that's what it'll be. That's why. Well, you should understand the type of coach you have, shouldn't you, really? You, know, yeah. you would expect... That to be deflected in the appointment, wouldn't it? You're not mm. gonna, you know, you're not. You, you don't, that's the that's the nature of the person you want. That's the why the likes of Silver, you know, would link with the job. It's just, you know, I just get slightly unnerved, and it's an increasingly uh, apparent issue. I was, I was just thinking about like there's stuff got, like Dan Mice said about about the stadium, didn't he, at the yeah. weekend about like supporters all of so and and. Uh, they have a right to feel angry at the moment, Evan. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, look, and I, sorry, Gavin, I, I'm, I'm speaking this on record from my generation of supporters. You've seen Everton win the lot, and, I, I, no, and I'm starved. And, and what well, you've got, lads, of a sick and tired of being brought up on relegation dog fights. The only well, yeah, season I've known on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not for 20, 20 years, is it? The relegation dog fights. Yeah, Walter Smith days, that Mike Walker days. Yeah, I could go on and go on. Yes, yeah, so that's what we've been brought up on. This team hasn't. This club hasn't won a trophy for twenty odd years. They haven't won a derby for the best part of what ten years or something now. So this generation of football fans have a right to be angry. Oh, and what I'm trying to say is that they've seen all their rivals win everything in sight since. So this is why they're so angry and the point that they're angry at all these in particular yeah people. but it's that what I'm saying is, is and I appreciate the social media age is is, the, uh, is it right then that people take decisions based on that anger in response to it or because surely somebody has to do something like who's leading the club has to th- do what's best for the club not necessarily to, to as far as the concerns of 50,000 Everton fans well that, it, it ties in with both those surely that what's best for the football club is to get rid of Sam Allardyce who's playing Tower football and to get someone who's playing advanced in football yeah I'm just I'm just talking as a concept here I'm not talking about like the managers just generally is is, is the thing now generally speaking now if you're running a football club you do what your supporters tell you to do because that, that's not necessarily the right thing for the football club, is it? But do you think Farhad Mashiri does whatever the fans want? Right. Well, I don't think he did when he brought in Sam Allardyce. You know? yeah. So I think that was an unpopular appointment at the time. Yeah. Uh, and it just well, it was proven you know, so in the end. 
No, it's, it's, it's a tough one to balance up. You know, I totally get the point, Gavin, yeah, that sometimes club owners have to take a sense of responsibility, not popularity, uh, and do what they believe is best for the football club. But I think the situation that we're in at the moment is there's clearly such a massive disconnect uh, between the fans that, you know, it, it, it's damaging for the I'm football club. So so I'm not generally speaking there about Allardyce and yeah. I'm talking generally about football. Like, we've got the thing at the moment about staging and passing and things like that, yeah. people putting their two pennies worth yeah. in and, like, you know, fully entitled to do so and things like that. But somebody somewhere within the club has got to decide that this is the staging capacity that the club yeah. can afford and think that's viable, which we're not going to build a stadium. They shouldn't build a stadium just to, just to meet the dreams and desires of like your your generation mm. of fans, what you're saying. Tom. Well, I think they and, will. And, uh, yeah, from what we're hearing, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that will be the case. You know what I mean? And there's the, and there's a, I think there'll be lots more of this in football going forward in, as social media becomes even more dominant, where like we just have to be careful here yeah. that actually, you know, clubs don't necessarily have to all the time. It's, it's an interesting make, one. You know, make mm. decisions just to meet the demands of I, I'm not so sure, you know, obviously social media does fuel it to a certain degree, but I remember going back a reasonable amount of time now when there was a march, you know, towards Goodison Park mm. on the opening day of the season uh, with birthday cakes uh, to commemorate how long it had been since Everton, you know, yeah. won a trophy. And it was directed towards Bill Kenrice and, you know, the, the fans wanted him out of the football club. And that was, if I'm remembering correctly, pre-social media age, it was actually, you know, sort of, 2011, yeah, it was sorted yeah, out yeah, by yeah, fans, yeah. you know, sort of amongst themselves. Yeah. So it was a significant protest, you know, sort of against the ownership of the football club, pre-social media. Uh, there was a planned protest at the last home game. We were told, you know, that the fans mm -hmm. on the 18th minute were going to turn their backs and on the 78th mm -hmm. minute were going to leave the, uh, the stadium, fueled by social media. That never happened. Uh, so while social media does have a part to play in spreading the word, I still think it's not totally uh, you know, no, to blame. You know, it still needs to be a sufficient groundswell of belief in one yeah, particular yeah, idea and, and for something know, to happen. Sam, Sam, I think Sam made that point, didn't he? But in a, in a general 13 thing. people on Facebook. But it is right, and you know, we, should ne we shouldn't necessarily say that social media represents the wider Everton-supporting uh, group. But just generally, people can voice their anger in different ways. Yeah. And, and it's, it's something slightly uncomfortable, I, I think, generally speaking. Um, but it'd be interesting to see. I, I think you're right, Tao, is that the next manager, whoever it is, has to be, you know, play progressive football. I, do you know what What concerns me, and I spoke about this a few times, is that with this new manager coming in, obviously we're obviously expecting some holidays to go, what's going to have to happen? It's just going to have to be a four, five year contract. And it's got to be, this is this is the plan. This is the way we are going to play football. These are the players we're going to identify. And that's it. And if we go on a five, six game losing streak, so we can't, we can't. Yeah. Now, do you know what's a, you know what's a case in yeah. point, Dave? My niece, right, little Evertonian, right, got all the Everton kits. She turns two next week. So since that time she's been born, if Silver gets the manager's job, five Everton managers she's seen, and she yeah. doesn't, hasn't even reached two yet. Well, I was, was going to make exactly that point. Again, which is fueled by what David Moyes said um, after the game on Sunday, when he was asked about the Everton fans, and he said they were massively supportive of me, especially in the early days. Now, if you think of the early days, David Moyes had a big impact initially finished seventh in his first full season, but then had a really poor second season. Yeah. And, you know, Everton got safe by Easter and then, mm. you know, flip-flops came on, lost six of the last seven games, had that abysmal five-run defeat away at uh, Man City on the We're final day. We're still haunted by that game. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. awful. But, you know, that was a time yeah. where, you know, any, man, sorry, any club chairman, any club owner 
could have panicked and thought, oh, it's not working, mm. you know, and got shut down. As it was, they finished fourth the following season, then had another dip the season after that. So, you know, it's a bit of a roller coaster ride. I think whoever Everson bring in, should they bring in a new manager this week, I think there has got to be, like you just say, a longer term, you know, project this time. Mm. They've got to be strong, they've got to be patient, and allow the manager, if he makes mistakes, if it is Marco Silva, who's, you know, still a relatively inexperienced manager. You know, to, to learn along the way yeah. because you, you can't just become a knee jerk football club without becoming Aston Villa or you yeah. know, a club that ends up you know suffering relegation but and not really, getting yeah, back. Yeah, that's my point really about sports demands because guaranteed if we get to like sort of the end of September, October, and we've like played 10, 1, 2, dropped lots yeah. of days. That's been the same with Puma last it'd year. It'd be interesting to see what yeah. sports is saying, fully understandable. Um, but I do, I do agree. Um, this, this next appointment is. I wouldn't say we're in the last chance saloon, but very much near it, aren't we, in terms of like, you know, the, we, we're seeing now, aren't we, more and more demands of the top six to get the even bigger share mm. of TV money and that gap mm. growing. So, I, I, I and, and the way, you know, Wenger was talking about European leagues, wasn't he, last week and all that. This maybe is our last opportunity to become part of that top group mm. in, in English football. That if we don't get this right, then there's a danger we'll be cut adrift. You know, for, for, for the immediate future. So yeah, I've, I've heard that argument said so yeah. many times, going back to the days of Michael Dunford, who said that, you know, if a former Everton club secretary said, if, you know, if we don't make that top four now, we never will. And I'm not so sure about that. You know, things can change very dramatically, very oh, yeah, quickly. I get that. Look at Arsenal, that's happened yeah. with Manchester City. Yeah, 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 Arsenal, 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 Arsenal yeah. gone the other way, so. haven't you? And, and I get that. But, yeah, maybe it's a bit, a bit negative, but to me, we are a little bit like what Liverpool were when they appointed Klopp. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. had the danger of getting cut, cut adrift, weren't they? And I we, think we've got changes with the stadium and all that going on. And I just think for me, this is just such a massive appointment in line with like changing the director mm. of football and all this. But have you ever um, known? Sorry, obviously you've watched Everton longer than me. Have you ever known in your lifetime so much change to be happening at the top of this football club in the space of one summer? But I think clubs are far more inherently more complex than what they were even. 15 years ago in terms yeah, of like, running off them so years ago there was like you know the, the, the board and the manager and that was it the, the most yeah. comparative thing I could say was when the Moores family sold up in 1994 and then there was a battle between Peter Johnson and Bill Kenwright to win the club which Peter Johnson won that that was the most seismic change I yeah, can remember yeah. and initially you know people were very very positive about Johnson he made lots of positive changes you know building the megastore breaking transfer records for you know Konchelskis Nick Barney and so on as well. unfortunately he didn't have that money to spend on <laughs> yeah. players and the club was in danger of going bust in the end built the park end people can argue whether that was a, not the right thing to do given you want, a lot of people wanted a two tiered stand rather than you know the yeah. single tier stand that was there but that, that was pretty seismic but no I mean that was 25 years ago so it is momentous you know so what's happening at the just on a moments. different issue as well I'd like to point out that a lot of Evertonians are saying this as well there's been a lot of national media especially Sky Sports and Jim White in particular who's yeah. basically he, he was bigging up Sam Allardyce for what, he, what a great job he's done and all this and what's annoyed me more than anything is that oh well what a great job he's done you should be you should be glad that you've got him and all this now if Everton should be so glad that they've got some Allardyce, why is he linked with the Chelsea job? Why is he linked with the Arsenal job? Why aren't these merchants no. linking these fellas with this these big jobs? Because 
that's his limit. I wouldn't worry about that in the slightest. I mean, I'm funny if I'm writing a piece at the moment, second guessing what's going to happen with the Everton managerial situation, mm-hmm. just saying why Everton fans have got such an issue with Sam Allardyce and taking to the task a lot of these national pundits. To me, I didn't see the other show on Sky last night, but I believe Jim White's fawning over Sam Allardyce was, oh, yeah. was quite embarrassing. Was. But to me, that's just a journalist protecting a contact. He just wants to protect Sam Allardyce so we can use him on shows elsewhere down the line. I don't think it's because he's got any great love of Everton Football Club or you know any long term. Maybe because he's lost his little, his little contact yeah. with the farmer. Yeah, no, no I, th- I think he's just there to protect him. You know, Sam Allardyce is a contact so that wherever he turns up his next job, you know, he can get him on his show. But it's not just Jim White, Glenn Oddle was doing it the other day. What do Everton fans want? Because they're not in touch with what's going on at Everton Football Club. They only see them like once every two or three months. Yeah, and so they're not. And used it, to... It's annoying. Oh, it's yeah. annoying the way yeah. they, we're still the fourth most successful club in this country, even but, though we yeah. haven't won a trophy for the best part of 20 odd years. But the, the second part of that sentence is far more important. Exactly, of course, yeah. but like, you, you don't realise this. Yeah, and you've got the likes of the Granado saying, Sam's done a great job there, why don't you but, keep him? But that's, right, well, why don't you have him for Tottenham? But that's what yeah. the perception of us is, though, isn't it? So, this is a club that's not won anything for 21 years. That has been by and large. But what's Tottenham won? Yeah. 20 years? Yeah, but there's a couple. There's a couple of things going on with Spurs, isn't it? It's where they are now, isn't it? That's important. No, what thing. they won in 20 years. Yeah, but that's not the point. It's where Spurs are now, isn't it? And where we are. At least they're like, like top four. It was only four. a couple of years ago they were finishing below us. Yeah, yeah. On a consistent yeah, basis fair as well. Point. There's a bit of a London factor there, which we won't go into. You can't say that anymore now. <laughs> but, like, you know, but it's where you are now, isn't it? And Spurs are in a, you know, Pochettino's the media's darling, isn't it? As well, which helps, doesn't it, really? Um, but people just see. Goes back to perception, doesn't it? People just see us as like, but you know, goes back to what Sam was saying. Remember about like, yeah. like we're like Newcastle, West Ham, and whatever the other week. People just see us part of that sort of group of clubs, don't they? Rightly or wrongly. Did you see that tweet that was doing the rounds this morning, which is quite alarming. That as a result of Tranmere Rovers getting promotion at the weekend, they were the last remaining club that had not either won a trophy or achieved a promotion in uh, the last twenty-seven years. The club now that has taken that mantle is Everton. Yeah. And if you think about it, there's nobody else apparently in the entire Football League, the five divisions of the Football League, that have either not celebrated a trophy or not celebrated a promotion in that time. And you know, that, that underlines. Well, that, I mean, that, that, it's not to make out of that because Everton could easily get relegated and come back up and know, that as a success. There is that, yeah. But I know it's what still... you're saying. But, but the, the, it's good that being st- stable, I suppose, in that yeah. time. But there's a wider point here, isn't it, about. You know, and a lot, a lot of people saying this now, isn't it? I know this is maybe for another day. He's defeated the Premier League, isn't it? There's a lot of supporters now actually who don't want to be like sort of also rounds in the yeah. Premier League. It was a hard actually drop drop down to the Championship and at least win games rather than getting stuffed twelve times a season by yeah. the top six. And that's the important thing, but it's tied in with us and our support as well, isn't it? What Tony said, mm. we don't want to be part of that group, do we? We, no, we, want to be, we, we don't want to be part of that group where in three years, four years time just moaning about this is just soul destroying this yeah. you know, being 7th to, to 20th every year yeah. with, with no way you know, no, 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 you know, no chance of ever breaking into the top 6 and that's, that's good for stability wise, which is what we're saying is but actually going back to the theme of this what we are talking about before, that makes it vital for us to get all this right, doesn't it, in the next over this summer, is to avoid that so, say for argument's sake, Sam Allardyce was to be relieved of his duties. What do you think the first priority for Farhad Mashid will be? After will it be to name the manager or the director of football? How, if you were him, Dave, what, what would you go along the lines of first? The manager, I think, that's the most important thing at any football club. But you know, I know Gavin will argue it's the director of football, yeah. but it's 
It's a difficult one to balance up that because you know directors of football, if they're going to do the job with that title, yeah, clearly that is the most important thing. But I get the impression the Everton director of football isn't that. It's just effectively a glorified transfer scout. Yeah. You know the guy is going to identify talent for that manager. <laughs> I just think the manager is absolutely crucial, and it's why I'm so not wary of Marco Silva because you know he's a bright young thing that you know so mm. could turn out to be a great manager but I would have liked Everson to have been a little more ambitious um, you know Pochettino is being linked with Chelsea you know if he's unhappy at Tottenham why isn't you know Farhad Mishiri promising the absolute earth you know not just a, a huge mm. salary yeah. but as much as he wants transfer wise to bring in whatever players he wants because that's clearly what he's after at Tottenham that's his big gripe there Failing that, you know, we were told last summer that Diego Simeone, actually his people had contacted Everton to express interest in the project, okay, a phrase that we all hate. But, you know, at least that is an A-list you know, European mm. manager that is aware of Everton, that knows the club exists. You've got Carlo Ancelotti, who's uh, not got a club at the moment, who's a manager who's got an absolutely great track record. They are the level of managers I would like to see Everton you know, competing for. If Marco Silva is the manager that comes in, great, I'll give him every chance and I'll support him fully. But I just want to see absolute top-level managers who've yeah. won things already. The, the, the other one there, it'd be maybe a little bit more viable. It's Benitez, isn't it? Davis well, I've made that argument. Like then I'll walk out the room again. Yeah, if yeah, I have. You know, no, I mean, yeah, I, I've, made that, I've made that argument yeah, yeah. You know, directly to Bill Kenwright on a couple of occasions that Rafa Benitez should be the man that he's targeting when he was making the decisions. Have you watched the football and, this season? And he's, uh, well, he reacted far worse than you did Tony <laughs> um, you know, he's, if that were possible he's, uh, he's absolutely not having it in the slices yeah. that's, so that will never happen yeah. you know, but even though I think he's a great manager and I think he would have done a decent job and when Roberto Martinez took over he would have taken the job at that time as well yeah. but I'm not so sure he would now who so. would you go for Gav if you were in Farhad's hot seat at the moment you could name realistically your manager so who'd you go for well, that, it, don't it, say Benita that name bars off this podcast I take on board some of Prano's points. I mean, somebody like Ancelotti, I'm not so certain about because he's not a builder of clubs, is no, he? Right. Ancelotti, he's more like a manu- you know, mm. manoeuvres the, the working parts, doesn't he? Uh, as, as a lot of clubs have seen, as we saw when we sat Kirkland, there's not a lot of options available no. to you, really. I mean, you know, I think, you know, I mean, that as we speak at the moment, like, say, Arteta looks as though maybe going to the yeah, he's, got, he's, he's, he's going to Arsenal, you know? yeah. Um, it is the ones that we've spoken about, isn't it, really? Which are Silva, Von Sacher. The other one which has fallen off the radar is Lucien Favre, isn't it? Uh, at Nice, there was a Brunson Gladbach that was mentioned at the time and we uh, got Koeman. Uh, and that was maybe a bad miss then. I'm always worried about managers yeah. that come in from different leagues. You know, just, the Premier League is so mm. unique around Europe. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying about here. the types of names that you would... You, you would want. So if, it were, if there was a short list of Silva, Fonseca, and maybe Eddie Howe. Well, I think you're funny off the top, yeah. Who would you go for? I'd go for Silva ahead of Fonseca. I'd go for Silva if only because I've been told that Fonseca isn't really in the thinking anymore. Uh, so Fonseca, or sorry, Silva or Howe. It's a tough one either way. I like Eddie Howe. I think you know he's he's done you know very good things at Bournemouth, and he plays football the right way. And you know, given an opportunity with money to spend, who knows what he could achieve? Do you think what, would, what worries me with the way Silver play? I love the way he plays. He obviously he's helpful there. He goes up big yeah. teams, and that's probably what Everton haven't had for years. 
going at these big teams away from home. Yeah, we may get beat, but at least he's having a go. And that's all fans want to see. They don't want to go to Tottenham with six, with ten men behind the ball and get beat five nil. You may as well go and have a go. But I worry that with all this change going on in the background, it's the players on the pitch and in the squads how they can fit into the way Marco Silva want to play football. And I spoke about it last week, didn't I? I can think I count on one hand how many players out of 25 that we've got could play pressing football what Marco Silva wants lads up and down the pitch yeah I worry for the whole Everton team and probably if you just ask a lot of Evertonians last season with all these signings coming in and Koeman still there everyone was so optimistic I think this season it's a lot more cautious is the, is the word and it's a bit of which, a concern which, which, which could be helpful because the expectation level yeah. won't be as great as it was the previous summer yeah, yeah. it's an interesting one that too in that does that show you how unsuitable the, the first team squad has been built up then that there's no no players capable of doing that or very few as I mentioned last week it's a very old squad yeah you know it's uh, full of 27 28 29 year olds quite a few 30 somethings as well um, unless you, you start blooding, you know, you, you like to have Adam Ola Luckman's the players who've been out on loan, you've any Beningamies. Mm. I'm not sure, sure they're all ready for regular exposure to Premier League football yeah. just yet. Is this why do you think Marcel Brands is maybe coming in and getting all these young kids from around, around Europe? Because don't forget me wrong, last yeah, year, yeah. if I was Moshiri, I'd be going, I've spent the best part, 25 on Klassen, Tacey on Keynes, and it's all gone down the river. I want to see the next best things. I want to spend 10 million on a kid from Holland and who's going to rip it up next season. I want a bit of that. Well, you don't know. Their gambles aren't here and I'll be in it. For buttons, the buttons though, it 10 million. Maybe there's a place for that, but that needs to be balanced by. Your classes and Sanzo's are gambles, weren't they? Yeah, and they didn't work. Uh, exactly. so that's what I mean is that we shouldn't be gambling, but I, I think, I just think that whoever comes in, regardless of what style of play they're playing whether you want a more pragmatic human type style or a, a, you know, a, a more positive silver or von second style has got a hell of a job to do purely because as Preno says there's, you know, we're talking being there for four or five years how many of the current squad are going to be there for four or five years yeah. just purely on their age for a start and also the fact that as you say so there's players who are, on the, who are younger than that who are in the squad who are plainly maybe not good enough yeah. and so you put combine those two pots of players together there ain't a lot to work with is there really you know you're probably talking about three or four players if that to work with and I think um, whoever comes in and whatever style of play that they've got is going to have a massive rebuilding job and there's going to be you know I would like to see a high turnover of players you know, summer. I agree but, I totally agree but, as you say quite rightly the World Cup's there and it tends to be sometimes a little bit of a in the way yeah in the way thing so there's a Whoever comes in has got a massive job. Penno, on the pitch this season, out of 10, how do you review Everton's season? In terms of what? In terms of results? Every, and uh, and the lot. If you had to give Everton a scoreline out of 10 for 2017-18 season. It's, it's, it's a tough one, that, because you know you look at an 8th place finish and you think 8th place you know, is, is reasonably... You know, okay compared to the way they started the season, but no, four out of ten. I wouldn't go any higher than that. Looking at the uh, the fixtures throughout the course of the season, the only one that actually stands out and you know left you feeling the ground with a little bit of a spring in your step was the late win against Watford, mm. and even that was like you know absolutely traumatic. But it was so unlikely. The, the last minute missed penalty was like so, yeah. so wonderful. That, yeah, yeah, you know, you left feeling like a, a real sense of joy. Uh, even, the, Marco it, it, well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. even the West Ham game, 
you didn't really feel that because we're under the cosh for a time yeah. in that. But, you know, Rooney's yeah. hat was great to watch. But no, Watford is probably the only game that you can say all season that you've really. Sunderland maybe in the Carabao Cup, you know, because Umar mm. came out from the cold and scored his goal that night. Yeah. But, you know, we're no. clutching at straws, no, aren't Bournemouth we? Bournemouth is a similar one to yeah. Watford, isn't it? Really? Yeah. And, if, yeah. you know, if you can only yeah. pick two or three fixtures all season that you've actually left feeling good about you know, your, your mm. football club, that, that's a poor season. Uh, I, I picked Leicester at home as well for Coleman's so, return. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought that we got the... Make it sound better than best. I just think yeah, you kind of got the club back, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. There, what what so, about yeah. Rosenbrock away? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say, Gav. been generous before there, I think. I, I, I'd say... Don't be swayed by his prompts. Make, <laughs> make your own mind. Well, me disagree with Tony. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I would go slightly higher than Dave purely because of the eighth place finish. So I would go uh, not much higher. I go for five. Wow. I think I'm uh, going for three. Yeah, okay. and, I'm, and I'm being that tough. Yeah, uh, just on the sole basis of the optimism that surrounded Everton at yeah. the start of the season. Uh, listen, I, I knew where we was watching Everton for the best part of twenty years. I know our capabilities. Everyone knew we were punching above our weight with David Moyes. We knew the teams that obviously Howard and kept us in, in the division, etc. So I knew where we stood with the teams I've watched. Yeah. Whereas in this team that Everton embraced last season, spent all that money, everyone thought, bang, they're going to be in the mix for top four. They're going to be. And for it to, yeah. to, to obviously to, to, to tail off the way it did, it was soul destroying in the end and it was embarrassing. So that's why I'm giving them a three out of ten. Fair shout. I remember Moises' first season. We finished seventh and not end the season. DVD was a the magnificent Magnus seventh. Magnus and we've only finished yeah. one place yeah. below that, and it's like but a it, three it, on ten season. Yeah, I, I, I get, I get yeah. that. But you just knew where you was with the David Moyes team, where this team has just been, and the players have got away. By the way, I know we've had a lot of managers this season, but the players have got away with absolute <laughs> yeah, murder. That's this an year. interesting place. A lot of managers this season. Exactly, yeah. Well, that was my point though about Allardyce. That okay, like it or lump it. Um, Reference to gravy there, but uh, the, he's done. He's done. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's done. He's done his job as, that he was paid to do, and there's a hell of a lot of players there who've not done their job over the last two years. In fact, or maybe longer. If they won't, they'd be out the door. If the and that's the type in. of thing, and they should have had. To me, Allardyce has taken far too much stick. The players should have got a lot more stick, as far as I'm concerned. I think six million in his bank will be. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine, but I'm just. I'll take a lot of stick for six million if you put it in my bank, Gav. Yeah, I'm just saying that there's far too much focus on Allardyce for me. Not enough on the players who just haven't performed now, some of them under three or four managers. Yeah, I agree. Right, well, I was going to end by uh, just having a quick look back at the uh, the West Ham game on Sunday. But <laughs> you know, of we won't because it, it was dreadful. <laughs> I don't believe for a second that Adrian kept uh, Everton out and it was yeah. uh, an undeserved defeat because yeah. it wasn't. It was dreadful. But just briefly, um, David, the stadium, your first trip to the Olympic No, well, I've run around the Olympic Stadium. Uh, in 2012, I did the 5K outside the ground and did a lap of the... Uh, of the pitches, also I know what it's all about. Um, <laughs> More than an half the ever played uh, by the looks of it. It was the first time I've been back there since it was a football stadium, and it's a beautiful, lovely stadium. Uh, the environment around it is wonderful. Uh, it's so cosmopolitan. So many restaurants, mm. so many drinking places. Uh, you know, it is a lovely, beautiful stadium, but. It's not a football ground. Mm. Um, it's an athletic stadium that has just been repurposed. And the atmosphere was okay, you know, so I was expecting it to be a little bit more soulless than it actually was. But you're so far from the action, it's untrue. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, you know, I, I need gigs at the game these days anyway, but, yeah. you know, it was it was difficult to actually spot what was going on. And you can get the... Because I love the Berlin ground. Upton Park yeah, was yeah. a proper old-fashioned football stadium. So, yeah, it's modern, it's lovely, a little bit antiseptic, though. Uh, but Everton won't make that mistake, you yeah. know, from what we've I've heard. I've got to say, already, we've got to go the opposite yeah. of that, haven't we? No, they're not going to go down that road. But anyway, we're going to call it a day there, and uh, I confidently predict that we'll probably be back in the next day <laughs> or so, reflecting on... Something has happened, you know, it, it could be yeah. Sam Allardyce is staying, uh, we suspect yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> we suspect you won't get me back. Can we invite Tony to that? No, we'll have to get you back for that one. Yeah. So, we, su- yeah. we suspect it won't be, but, yeah. you know, whatever is announced, you know, so we'll be back here to discuss it. So join us again then. Till then, goodbye. Chance here for Everton to really seal it. Dominic Calvert-Lewin has done exactly that.